I really want it to be 80s newscaster music. This show is not allied with any sect, denomination, political entity, organization, or institution. Does not engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any cause. Neither do we. We are not affiliated with Al-Anon or any other 12-step program. The opinions expressed here are strictly of the person who gave them. Please take what you like and leave the rest. Hi, I'm Corey. Hi, Corey. Hi, I'm Claire. Hi, Claire. And this, this is, is Crosstalk. Crosstalk. Sweet. Um, that was our best uh, together one, I think, ever. Yeah, we're getting the hang that of it. That felt so nice. Like 16 episodes. I know. I was like... <laughs> Are we doing an acapella set? Maybe. But we weren't. It's quite a lovely voice, Claire. Thank I mean, you. we really should add music to this thing. I'm happy to sing any of the time that I'm talking. I just <laughs> felt like that could be distracting if I was singing the whole time instead of talking. So, Overall, it could be distracting. Maybe I'll sing um, part of my Get Current. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. I will not be doing that i don't know how to sing in public uh in this as even in podcasts um but i'll get current what am i gonna get current about today you know beats um, me you know you know what's happening is i am moving tomorrow oh and i again. have this really i have this really big life where i get to live in all the places i want to live yes and it's because of this program that I get to have that courage. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I really like change now. Um, I don't like sitting in the same place. And I don't really like uh, the same routines. And I really like travel and to change housings and to change, you know, the scenery and the environment. And that is something that I'm really grateful for today because I was really afraid of change for a really long time. And I lived in the same apartment for 18 years. And even when I moved, which was a big deal when I moved, when I had a divorce, I moved into a one bedroom in the same building. I was just going to say, you mean when you moved upstairs to this other floor? I moved upstairs. <laughs> and that was like, I had to like pray and, and work, you know, just to have the courage to move upstairs. Um, I used to have nightmares that I would lose my apartment because it was a red controlled townhouse in the museum district next to LACMA and no name, no really name dropping, no location dropping there. Well, I Jesus. mean, it was, it was a good apartment. I got it in night in 2001. The rent was like under $2,000 a month for a two story townhouse. It was really, really a rare thing. Yeah. Anyway, the point is that was all fear. And now I just think like, what's next? And then when I am at a place I like I'm excited like this place has a has a steel a steel cast iron tub and it has a Pilates machine in the garage. We're renting this furnished Airbnb for like six months. And when I'm done with the place, I'm done. I'm like, this was great, but there's something else coming next. And what's that gonna be? And what an adventure that's gonna be. And I really love that. I mean, that's just how I want to live my life. And that's only because of program today. So I'm gonna just say my current, I'm super grateful that I embrace change wow love it i love that i really relate to that i love that you brought it around to this place of like god's got something better for me you know um 
I think that will kind of maybe be my getting current too. So thanks for a topic for me on that. But <clears throat> I was just thinking about singing and then <laughs> this is my reaction. <laughs> um, I think we have to put like, instead of an explicit warning on it, like a singing warning on the pod. So I've had all this crazy stuff happening in my life. <laughs> is it really crazy though, or is it just life? God's got something better for me. Um, yeah, I think so though, you know, um, I've had some like, I spoke about this, I mean, uh, uh, previously, but, you know, I've had some interesting, like, things coming into my my romantic partnership to mix things up, some uh, events that occurred, and gosh, it was like I could really have, like, gotten into an old self around it of, like, scarcity and being small and taking things so personally and um, being a victim of a circumstance, and I just didn't fucking do it. I didn't. I was just like, no. No. Like, where's the opportunity for growth here? Like, if if I truly believe in, like, my higher power above at the very top of my pyramid, then, like, what is my higher power doing for me that I can't do for myself, you know? Like, what does my higher power have for me that is better? Because, like, um, I believe my higher power only has three answers for me, and that's not right now. Um, uh, well, yes, not right now. And I've got something better for you are the three answers from my higher power. My higher power never says no to me ever, 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 ever. Um, because it's like my higher power is not in the business of making me a fool or like having me fail or, uh, setting me up for anything other than like incredible success and abundance and bliss and happiness. Like that's what my higher power is up to, like constantly conspiring to get, that into my world. So sometimes, um, you know, I need a catalyst. Sometimes I'm just like snoozy McSnoozerton at like prayer and meditation, asking for big things to happen, not taking a lot of action around them. And then my higher power is like, kid, okay, this is how it has to look. If you want something, you're not fucking doing anything. So here you go. It's not that I'm not doing anything, but like, when I do really like manifest pretty abruptly. <laughs> so if I'm like doing my prayer meditation and like doing my rituals and my spiritual practice around what I'm like wanting to bring into my life, like, and then if I'm not like kind of taking this like, like physical actions to kind of get there, my higher power many, many times has just like, th- th- you know, sat on my face as I like to say. Um, and just, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we are. Okay, I'm awake. Um, you know, and so I've just really like, oh yeah, God's got something better for me. And I signed up for another six months of this coaching uh, like group that I did six months of where I like left a job that I wasn't loving and like partnered and started my own company so I can like earn all on my own and not have to fuck and my own fucking boss and just do my own thing. And I'm like going in 
get doing directing and like getting directing projects. And it's like, so I have like the money coming in and I'm able to go and direct things. And like, I keep getting all these like directing offers that are kind of growing. And like, so now I'm like committing to like, how do I earn like through my directing and like get paid to direct? Like, that's really all I want to end up doing at the end of the day is like, I just am like so over like, being like, I want a different life and then not taking it, which is so much what I got out of your getting current, Corey, was like, you're like, I'm just going to fucking go to this place and then I'm going to move on to the next thing because like, that's what I want right now. Not to say that staying in a place or enjoying a life that you have created is, isn't enough. It's so enough. And I think that like, part of me being able to look and go, oh, wait, like these things are, are not here. I don't want to say missing, but they're not here and I want them that brings me joy and fulfillment in myself and esteem. You know, how do I achieve that and like be of service in that way? Um, I can have that. And I, and it's easier for me to have that when I am also able to look at what I currently have and go, wow, I'm so fortunate. You know, it's like that gratitude list. Right. But truly like in genuine gratitude of like, I mean, like, I have this garage that I do whatever I want with. I'm, like, sitting here doing podcasts on a Saturday in this garage. I'm going to, like, go on a picnic tonight with my partner and, like, see Wizard of Oz in the park. And, like, you know, I just really do have the life I wanted uh, for so long. Like, I earn on my own. Like, I don't have a boss. Like, I just make my own hours. Like, I travel, like, when I want if I can financially, life is fucking great. Um, I have cute pets, like, uh, you know, come on. And these other things I think will really, I know I have an aching in my soul to be involved in other ways in these other things. And so I get to pursue that too, because like God has something better for me. God has more for me. And like, I, so this is my getting current. It's going on and on. Corey, you went on and on before on the other getting current. So this is my turn to get current on and on. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, how did I know that? I, I've exposed myself. Here we go, Corey, to how did I know the things that I even wanted? You tried different I tried things. different things. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I tried different things and I got around people that really support me and encourage me and, uh, I can't do it alone. It's such a wee program. It's a wee life for me now. And it wasn't easy to find those people at first because that was a foreign experience to me to go and get like true, like kind of unconditional support and love and people that really understood from my perspective, the things that I was seeking and needing and the healing I needed. Cause you know, um, not all groups are the same. Anytime, anytime you're well, ready, I Corey. Hear, any, any. <laughs> I hear that you tried. It's teeth. I hear. <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe you'd stop talking at some point. Um, I hear that it's almost like you tried s six different lives on, and it reminds me of this trans. Here, you ready, everybody? Woo. The phrase "try." We we suggest you try six different meetings, and you're in luck because we have a guest today to talk about that very thing. You're in luck. The people are <laughs> in luck to hear. Ashanti, yes. Yay. Welcome, yes. Thank you. We're Thank famous you. for our, our seamless opening, you guys. <laughs> I mean, a segue, Claire. <laughs> that was award-winning. <laughs> 
<laughs> Your face was everything. I was loving. I was loving it. I, I was like, I guess she'll stop talking at some point. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Shanti, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, of, course. of course. Thank you for having me. Thank um, you for asking me. Claire yeah. will. Uh, Claire will set you up. So. uh yeah. Yeah. How would you like your time for your ten minutes? Ten minutes. Yeah. Um. Eight and two. Eight and yeah. Eight and two. Great. You got it. Great. Whenever you're ready. Okay. So just jump right in with my my story. Hey, everybody. I'm Ashanti. Um. Yeah. I'm just. Um. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin. I um. Yeah, six different meetings, finding my tribe, um, coming to Al-Anon. I just, I'll start from the beginning how I, I how I sort of got into program. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard my story before, but both of my parents um, are addicts currently. Uh, my dad is a, a dry drunk and my mom is a love and sex addict and also a gambling addict. Um, and I was taken away from my parents when I was four and my father's mother got custody of me. So I was raised by my grandmother and, um, yeah, it was interesting. My father ended up coming to live with my grandmother and I, when I was about, I guess around six or seven. And so he was a functioning drunk, a functioning alcoholic. Uh, he's a cook. Um, and he, you know, went to work every day. They served him his whiskey while he was cooking. If he didn't have his whiskey, the food was not good. And that is just a fact. Um, it just, it, it was, you know, how people can cook something and something can be just a little slightly just there, you know, but if he has his, his, his magic potion, it was like, you know, Michelin, you know, star, that type of level. So <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, it's you know, I just grew up my, my my father and I grew up as 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 siblings, as brothers and, and sister. And um and that was really hard to sort of um be in a place of trying to respect him as a, a father. I was very conflicted, you know, respecting him as a father, but you know, seeing everybody in the household treat him like a child. Um and so my grandmother gave me a job growing up in that house. I was supposed to guard and wash her keys. Um and make sure that he didn't take the car because there was only one car. So it's just, you know, all the things, just the quintessential things that I'm sure you guys, you know, that you know about this, this sort of symptoms of that growing up in that type of household is just sort of, you know, control being the main one, hypervigilance, um, insecurity in every form. I would say that's probably um, my biggest defect of character is the, the sort of insecurity that was formed as a result of having parents who were just not capable, you know, just, just wasn't capable. And even after, you know, I got into program and sort of realized, uh, sort of forgave my parents and, and all of the things I'm, I'm still left with, with, with those, with, with all of those isms, you know, um, it's so funny that the, the topic today is about trying to find your tribe in six different meetings. Cause you know, growing up, I did a good job of, I left the house when I was 17, went far, far away, did everything differently f 
from my family, everything possible. Like talking about like finding my tribe. Like I crossed the mountains and the oceans and the seas to be like, you know what? This tribe that I was given at birth is just not it. And I don't accept that. You know what I mean? I didn't, at the time, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but you know, wherever you go, there you are, you know, in my quest of trying to create distance and, 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 and be a different person. I ended up really having to to face myself ultimately. Um, and, 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 and I think that's, you know, and, and that's, and that work continues, you know, that work continues to this day. Um, and the reason why it's so interesting, the reason why the, the six different, trying to find your tribe and having six different meetings, a little story. when I, I, I moved into a pretty cool apartment when I was, um, when I was in LA and one of the reasons that it was so cool is there was a really cool neighborhood. And more importantly, um, there was this meeting that was walkable, like maybe about six minutes away from my house. It was in this really cool place. It wasn't in like a dingy, like underground, you know what I'm saying? It was like really cool space to be in. It was six minutes away. I was just like, this is the life. Like I get to live in this cool apartment. I get to like walk to the meeting and all of this. And, you know, every time I would go, my body would just tense. I could not seem to get honest in that room. Now, I'm, and, I, and I will say this, that, and, and I know this now, that it didn't have anything really to do with who was in the room. It had everything to do with where I was in my recovery, right? I wasn't able to get honest in that room. And, and, and what that looked like was that I would show up to that room and I just wouldn't share. I would just shut down. I would just suffer in silence. We're, you know, we're, we're only as sick as our secrets. And I, in, that, in that room, I could not sort of let those things go. And I kept, I was just forcing myself. It's like, you know, I have to go to this meeting. I have this six minutes away, has all the things. And I was talking to my sponsor, like every, you know, I would check in with my sponsor and I would all, she would always be like, I would always complain. And she goes, well, wh- why do you keep going to this meeting? I was like, well, it's six minutes away. It's in this really cool place. They have this cool windows and like da, 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 da. And it's so easy. And she goes, you know, she goes, Ashanti, you don't, you can, you can try different meetings. And I went, oh. But shouldn't I be trying to like work through all of these things and face my fears and da 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 da? And you know, she goes, baby. She said, just take it one day at a time. For today, you wait. This meeting, you're not ready for. It. This meeting isn't right for you, you know. And so, and it's from and from from that point on, I was like, oh, this. I understand what this means. And the reason why I sort of preface it by saying that it it it, it had nothing to do with the people and everything to do with me, but to me was because um, everything to do with me because later uh, a year or so later two years later I was I was asked to come back and, and share at that meeting and lead at that meeting and it was the most relaxed and everybody was great and beautiful and I was just like I do not know what my do you know what I'm saying but at the time it feels so real um, and it's just you know keep working the program and things get you know become more clear and, and get different and you know, I had to go to a different meeting to find a sponsor. The meetings that I, would go, that I was going to, um, I wasn't hearing what I needed to hear. And I just so happened to go to this particular meeting that I didn't go back to ever again after I found my sponsor. You know, so it's important to, to sort of find your tribe and to 
feel where um, where your body feels most at home, and that changes depending um, how recovered you are at the time. So I really encourage uh, everybody to do that. I, I I even went so far as as to sort of start my own meeting um, at one time because I you know I wasn't feeling um, I wasn't feeling comfortable, and that meeting is still going on right now. And I and I even at that point graduated and left that meeting, you know, it's, isn't that issue? Like a meeting that I started, I even sort of like, Oh, I, I started this and it, it served a purpose for me at this time and for a lot of other people. And it's not serving the purpose for me, um, serving me right now. So, you know, I move on, but yeah, man, it's been a, it's, it's been quite the journey growing up with, um, with addiction and alcoholism. And, and now me, thank you. I hear that. I see that. Um, and now with me, um, in a new place, I, I just moved to a new place, been here six weeks now and I have no tribe. I have zero tribes. <laughs> um, we went to, I actually didn't go, but my husband went to one meeting and it was like six people and it was quite different. And so, um, I'm so lucky to have these zoom meetings and to, to sort of still have that connection, um, and being open to how, um, you know, being open to being able to hear recovery when it's not necessarily in the package that you're used to. Um, and that's huge for me, especially coming from a place where I'm so insecure and so um, just I don't trust many people, you know, and trying to learn to to sort of quiet those voices that tells that tell me that I'm not safe, you know, and in learning to sort of discern, having the, the power of discernment to be like, okay, this is my, you know, this is what, what I've sort of been taught to, to be fearful and all of these things. And, and, and to realize that everybody is not here out to hurt me. You know, everybody, everybody isn't against me. And and I think that has been the biggest thing in sort of trying to find um, my tribe and be vulnerable in different spaces that I'm not necessarily used to. Because I think my my go-to is that everybody's against me and I'm against everybody. And that's and that's sort of my default. That's where I start from. Um, and you can't find anybody or or feel close to anything or anybody starting from that point. So so yeah, I don't know if I I talked about the topic. I'm sort of all over the place, but if you're out there and you're listening, it's so valuable to try lots of different meetings, um, hear lots of people, and um, and and everybody doesn't have to look like you, sound like you, be in the same profession as you, um, to for you to get some really good recovery. So that's it. Yay! Yay! Beautiful. I didn't. I didn't even know when I asked. I'm not near my mic. Literally, Corey, I, I was like, where'd you I... go? I was, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I put my mic down when people share so I can just look, and then I forget I need to talk into it. Um, <laughs> I didn't know when I asked you about this topic that you were in a place where you were starting over with your tribe or starting a new mm-hmm. tribe, you know, and mm-hmm. so um, – and we – you don't – it's interesting because I think one of the things when I tried to move the last time, fully move um, – 
you know, I was like, well, I'll go to a bunch of meetings and I'll meet people. No matter what, I'll meet people in Al-Anon. Right. And, and, you know, without without physical meetings, that's a little bit harder. So um, that's fascinating. Yeah. I'd love to go back, if we may, yeah. to your childhood a little bit. And, and like, what was your experience with groups mm. as a kid? Like school or Girl Scouts or whatever. Like, what was it like? You know, it's so interesting that you should mention that I was always, I was the kid that I was actually always in a group. I was always a mm. part of a, a group. I was part of a dance group. I was a part of um, the sort of spelling bee and the geography group and like all of these things because I was trying to escape my home. Mm. And I used that as a place, these different groups as a place of refuge. Um, however, even though I was in these groups, I didn't play well. I didn't play nice. I needed to be the leader. I need to be the boss. I need to be the best of the group. I need to be the, you know what I mean? Um, in order for me to feel safe. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I was in, I, I did a lot of things, but it was always trying to get away from this tribe that I was, that I was brought into that I had nothing to, I didn't have, I didn't have a choice about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that re- definitely resonates um being a part of a group but not but not being like what was the word uh, the greatest unity depends or greatest uh, I'm blanking today. What's the phrase, Claire? Greatest the, the uh, depends upon unity. Depends upon unity. Uh, something Thank you. something <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yeah. but the point is yeah, the group was not there for that purpose, right? It was there to serve a need, a selfish need, right? right? And same with me. I joined everything, was the president of everything. That was how I got control. <laughs> right. Um and got away from my house, right. right? So it really served a purpose. I wasn't there to be of service to the group. The group was there to be of service to That's me. That's right. Um well, I love that. Totally relates to that. Um what was your first like Al-Anon meeting like and, and when you came in the room and Crazy. how did that go? Um, I came into the room. I had just moved to, we can, I can say places, right? I, I just moved to. You can say whatever you, want. whatever you want here. <laughs> this is not It's affiliated. really, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I just As moved. As anonymous or non that you That's want, right. whatever you want to do. As <laughs> anon or not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my first meeting, wow, it was what's this eleven years ago. Um, my first meeting, I just moved from New York to LA. Mm-hmm. Got out of grad school, um, just uh, fresh out of a breakup, and fun. yeah, very fun. And I didn't know anybody in LA. All of my classmates had stayed in New York. I was the only one that came to um, LA. Um, and the reason why I came to an al meeting, well, one, I was going through a break, breakup and it was like catastrophic and I, I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money. And, um, I found a therapist because I was going through a break. I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I was thinking not good thoughts, but I had the wherewithal to know that I needed to talk to somebody. And it was like sliding scale. I think it was like $45 to go talk to her. And I think I had $50, like just, just enough. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great investment, though. Yeah, wise right. choice. Yes, like, <laughs> I talking to her within ten minutes of me telling my story. She goes, "Have you ever heard of Alanon?" And I went, "No, <laughs> I, I actually have not." And she told me about it. And I went to my first meeting, and it was in the valley, um, and it was oh. on like Tahunga. It was at the uh, Masonic, uh, Masonic Temple or something like that, and. 
Um, and were they your people? Uh, for that time, they were. They were like okay. They absolutely were. Absolutely, okay. they were all like thirty plus years older than me, and I just sobbed the whole time and just spoke about how horrible my ex boyfriend was at the time. Um, but it, it, I'm telling you, the meeting saved my life. It saved my life. Um, and I've been and I've been in those seats every you know those chairs ever since then. But mm. yeah, man, Alanon is uh, that therapist. That forty five dollars was the money. Well, spent. right, exactly. Now, I'm curious if either of you heard that phrase and really heard it. Like try six different. I mean, we just sort of say it in the business. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then, but it is important because if we don't stay in the rooms, we're not going to stay in the program. So, mm-hmm. did, did Claire or Ashanti? Did you really feel like you heard that and took that to heart in the beginning? I, I, you know, I have the advantage of having my person that, uh, that I came into the rooms as a result of my experience with them. Uh, <laughs> was in AA for like four years of our relationship or for my partner at the time that then I was also came into the rooms at the end of a breakup, literally of like broke up and then like a broke up and walked into an Al-Anon room. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I think I had, you know, I had gone to a good amount, a handful of open AA meetings and like all over LA at that time. And so, and my partner was really, um, open about the program with me and talked to me about it and encouraged me to go to Al-Anon. And I was just like really afraid to go. I wanted to go, but was really afraid to go. and didn't want to go by myself, um, mm. out of fear of rejection, really, which this is, you know, to the point of finding the group of people that really work for you and that you really feel safe around. I mean, it's like all of that to process the things that we process in these rooms is just like to be. And I think that's a deterrent for a lot of people is that you like this concept of like, which I got from my family was like, people don't need to know your business. Um, like these things need to be kept quiet. Like, you know, I don't want to go in there and have, like, I have people in my life today that are like, well, Alan sounds great, but like, I don't really want to go share with a bunch of people I don't know. And I'm just like, uh, you know, so it was like, luckily I think that kind of concept had been broken down a little bit for me by having the exposure to AA and seeing the effects of AA on my partner at the time and how much they were growing and really truly recovering. And, um, so like I wanted what they had, you know, like, and I wanted that community that they had, they hung out with all their AA people and like, and they were great fucking people. I was like, these people are fucking awesome. Like, you know, they don't want to go get wasted. Like they want to go like live their lives and be enriched and like tell people they're sorry when they do shitty things. And like, this sounds cool. So, I did hear it to answer your question, but I think that I really heard it because I had that exposure that like, oh, if I ser- if I look around, also I went to a gay meeting immediately. That is the first meeting I went to because I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, like I got to go where <laughs> I can't be going to meeting thinking about if I'm safe or not like thinking about if somebody is judging me Mm -hmm. for my sexuality or not this is none of their fucking business anyway but like I had to go somewhere where that was off the table out of my like brain you know so I could show up for the 
the meeting. And gay meetings were my place for a long time. And then, you know, I also started a meeting because I needed a different meeting. And I started it in the building where I liked to go. It was just at a different time. And I too don't go to that meeting anymore. I know. We, we, we <laughs> didn't exactly. go to that meeting for long. I, like, I remember I was like, oh, yes, yeah, so I'll help you create it. I, I was like, hey, I need a treasurer, Corey. Can you can you just come and be treasurer? I'm like, absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm not getting what Wait I want. I shared at that meeting before. Corey? The second Sunday, the second Sunday queer meeting or the Thursday meeting? I've had Thursday you meeting. Thursday. I think that's that's. The Thursday's been around forever, but Claire and I used to go to a queer meeting, and yeah. we were like, "We're not getting what we want." Or, and and they had said, "I'm going to start my own meeting. Will you be the treasurer?" And so it was a smaller meeting That's after cool. this big meeting. Anyway, oh. anyways, yeah. yeah and I but invited I think- another fellow to start the meeting with me. So another fellow and I started yeah. the meeting, and it's literally like was an hour later, half hour later than this like big Sunday meeting. I was like, "I want a smaller meeting." I was like, "It's an hour. Like we come in, we oh, share, I- we yeah. get out." People get a share, like we're like 10 minutes of bullshit and then the sharing. That's it. Like, I was like, I was like, none of this like fucking t- 20 minutes and then a break. 20 minutes of reading. And 20 and then minutes and take a break. And then, you know, I was like, no. I was like, we get in, we have a lead, we share, we're out. Okay. That's all the time I have on Sundays. And that's what I need for my recovery right now. Thank you so much. And then I'm going to go enjoy my very big life. Okay. So. <laughs> Well, but I mean, talk about trying different meetings. Like you, you're not. I mean, I let you, both of you created meetings. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like not only were yeah. the meetings you you weren't looking for. If you don't find what you're looking exactly. for in the room, go to another room. And if you don't find it there, start <laughs> a, a meeting. Room. Start freaking yeah. meeting. That's exactly what I did, man. And it was, and it was the thing. And I realized once I started, I was like, oh, all of my isms are coming out. Like mm-hmm. I, all of like. Even I was just like, oh, yeah, it's time for me not to be the secretary anymore. But I was still absolutely controlling the entire meeting. And I found that because I started the meeting that when other people got service positions, I was um, I think me, my presence being there was sort of undermining their sort of authority because I was mm. there everyone would look to me if that were something. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though mm-hmm. this person was the secretary, but since I started the meeting, I was the voice. I was the, you know, and I was like, oh, yes, yeah, I need a, you know, I need a meeting after this meeting. Like, that's how it started to feel. <laughs> you know? One for them, one for you. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But I'm such a, I was such a good student in the, in the beginning. Um, you know how when you come in, you're on your knees, you, anything they tell you to do to like, okay, is this going to like make it better? You know, I'll do it. And so having them say six different meetings, like I went to a hundred different meetings. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a student doing all the things that could sort of take the pain away. I wanted the cash and prizes like yesterday. Um, so I'm, I'm a very good student in that way. But um, but yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing meeting so many people. Like you know, just like now, I you you said there was Claire was on here, but I had no idea, you know who, who that person, you know who that was, and so it's just like oh, I don't remember what meeting that I've seen you, but I know as soon as you you know I know exactly. I was like oh hey yeah totally yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a yeah. definitely a benefit. Yeah, I mean, we met in a meeting. This is an interesting meeting. So I went to that meeting. It was a Saturday meeting, Saturday morning. I don't know if this is the meeting you're talking about, but it's very, I always call it like the cool kids Hollywood meeting. And I felt, I called the SAG I felt after like it was, meeting. Sorry. Yeah, it's a SAG after <laughs> meeting. Um, 
But it was also, it was weird because it was so big. And so I felt like clicky, mm -hmm. but so full of recovery. So, truly, I got so truly. much out of hearing, but it made me a listener for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even think to go to a lot of other meetings. It wasn't until I got into a much smaller room that I suddenly blossomed mm -hmm. and took on service positions and started sharing. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, I really didn't take it to heart, I guess. I really didn't. Um, I wanted to go to that meeting. I don't know why. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I got a lot out of it, but it wasn't exactly what I needed. Sometimes I didn't even know what I needed mm -hmm. until I walked mm -hmm. into another room and you were mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, I'm missing this. Mm -hmm. I'm missing this. I didn't find my sponsor until I went to a smaller meeting. Mm -hmm. I didn't find so much. Um, so I think that's really interesting. I'm curious for both of you, Kind of, you didn't really talk about safety, Ashanti, but Claire, you kind of talked about safety. And I'm curious, as you went to different meetings and met different people, if gender or sexual orientation or race were parts of your journey going into meetings. Absolutely. Um, the, the meeting that I started, which is so interesting, which was so, it's so interesting. I was so ahead of my time. <laughs> <laughs> The ego is, is pop out every now and then. Um, Don't they? Uh, I love it. I, I, <laughs> I started a, a woman of color meeting uh, back in the day. And it was so interesting, the things that I went through um, to get that meeting official. Like I had to, we had mm -hmm. to go through a thousand different names through um, central office. They didn't accept some of the names that we had saying that it was a mm. people of color. No, it was people of color meeting was, was we had to say uh, people of color and write a whole thing about everybody, but everybody is invited, da, 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 all these sort of like things just to get it approved. It was so many hoops and mm. I, and, and it was so interesting. It was like, Oh, this has never been done in LA before, or it may have been done in LA, but maybe not officially. Right. And mm -hmm. so this was like, I, it was an official, I went down there and I, you know, it was a meeting that was on the, you know, you look it up online, it's there, but it was a lot of mm -hmm. things that I had to go through to get that done. But it's so funny now that it's, it's, they're everywhere now as a result mm -hmm. of, um, of the uprising. But yeah, that was, that was huge for me. That's something I think that, um, people of color have to consider in every room that I, they walk into, um, is will I be accepted? Um, am I safe in this space? Can I speak freely? Um, what what is I, the body is always a cue for me. My you know if my heart starts to beat like I'm I'm about to like go and have a heart attack like something some, I'm triggered some I don't feel safe in some way mm -hmm. and I think that's been the work of this program to find one to find it am I just triggered just because I come from trauma or or what is, why am I, what's happening in this space? And it's really interesting um, to really try and figure that out for myself. And the work that I do in, in, in 12 step is, is really trying to like look through, you know, every, my life with a fine tooth comb and say, you know, this is real. This is not real. You know, um, you're, you're, you know, I may feel unsafe, like, my body may feel a little bit unsafe, but but I am I'm actually safe in this space. Like these people mm -hmm. are good people. Like in trying to sort of relearn and and reteach. But yeah, that's all that to say is that it's absolutely something that um, 
that that comes into play. But the good news is that for the most part, um, I, I do feel safe in in um, in rooms. Uh, that particular meeting that you were speaking about just now, Corey. I, I when I first came to that that meeting. I hated, I hated that meeting. I left for like two years and went to a a meeting at the, like an hour later around the corner at the church. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and then I came back and then I started to like it, but yeah. uh, Yeah. That meeting always felt like every time I shared, it was an audition and I was like, (laughs) I better fucking nail this. I got to get this. I know it really it really fed my it really fed my desire to have a three like a three act structure a beginning middle and end a crescendo punchline like if you didn't have a good punchline in the show but but I only say that like that's kind of a joke but also like weirdly that worked for me because the performative controlling whatever was going Mm -hmm. on for me at that time was how I could share like in that level of control, I could share. And then I would share like that in that meeting, but then I would go to another meeting. Years later, I'd go to another meeting to cry <laughs> at a podium. You know what yeah. I mean? Like to lose my shit at a podium. Yeah. I never lost control in that room, ever. Um, but I could go to the smaller meeting and cry. Um, you know, and, and again, also, that's just me. People cry in that room all the time. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. lose themselves. People make messy shares in that room too. I, this is my perception. It's just the way I could show up in that room. You know, it's interesting. And I, I don't know, we don't have to dwell on this, but like there was a, later there was a business meeting about that meeting. And ha- I don't know if you were there. And there was, a, there was a race issue brought up. And I think even like the sense of, I think even you might've been evoked as like, well, the only reason people feel comfortable is because this person's there. And it, I don't think you even realized that you were a leader as a person of color wow. in this room. Um, oh, was a and, secretary and it, during the—is that what you're talking about? Possibly. I don't know. I don't really know the details, but I was just listening, and I was like, "Oh, people of color don't feel comfortable in this room," you know. And I didn't feel comfortable because I didn't feel like I was cool enough, or I didn't feel comfortable because I wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, there are famous people in this room, or I didn't feel, com- you know, and and then people of color didn't feel comfortable. And it's interesting how we have to find the space in which we feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But what I also like about what you shared is you wanted to push through it, Mm -hmm. right? My first Mm Al-Anonism is, okay, if this is bringing up something about me, Mm -hmm. then it's something I should work on, need to work on, have to work Mm -hmm. on, need to get over Mm -hmm. whatever that thing is. So I should stay Mm -hmm. until I've worked through it. And, you know, it doesn't work. That's not wearing your program like a loose garment. Mm -hmm. That's not easy, does it? And I think I did that for a long time. Mm You wore tight, you wore spandex. You wore your program like like, spandex. If I was uncomfortable, I should stay. (laughs) You wore your program like the ads for the new American Horror Story. (laughs) If you know me, I've got to drop crotch short on probably (laughs) as we speak. Oh, Um, I know you do. But no, I think I think (laughs) I think pushing through the uncomfortable felt like the point of Mm. the meeting, maybe. And and I'm curious what you guys' thoughts are on that. You all's thoughts are. Where? <laughs> yeah, I think are you talking about that meeting specifically because I don't know how much longer. No, generally, generally, okay, okay, I think great. generally when we say that we're in a room where we're not comfortable in. Sure, 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 sure. You know, I think um, as a member of the LGBT community, I and being someone who presents in a way that I think makes a lot of 
I know makes people uncomfortable. Uh, there's a lot of people that are not uncomfortable with how mm-hmm. I present, but there are a lot of people that are uncomfortable with how I present. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting. It was really fascinating for me early in recovery, like to want to go to different meetings because I didn't always feel safe or know about that. And um, there was this really great meeting that I used to go to that was an all women's meeting, but the time was perfect for me. And I liked the locus of learning your share, Shanti. <laughs> <laughs> the great fucking snacks great snacks Mm -hmm. great snacks Mm -hmm. it was around the fucking corner Um, they've got parking it's like i'm never leaving parking but but i would go but because of the timing there was parking right when i was getting there so like Mm. it was working like i loved the vibe of this it was a lodge vibe like it was so chill but and i would like go to this meeting and i would go and i would be like losing and be like fuck like all these women are here there's such great recovery in this room there really is like there's also uh, like also like I don't identify with a lot of it in a certain way because I don't really I do not identify as a woman and I truly and I'd like and like and this is important to talk about because this is is and I love this topic because this is about finding the people that, r- that we really relate to and feel safe around mm-hmm. to be ourselves and uplift ourselves and grow right mm-hmm. and so I would go to this meeting and like at that time also I didn't really know I hadn't come to the place in my life where I was like oh like I'm really not a woman like inside mm-hmm. of myself <laughs> so I didn't so I was like I'll just go you know, and I'll put on my lady voice and it'll be fine. I'll just be like, hi, how is everybody doing? I'll do my phone voice. That'll be great. Uh, and, um, you know, and I'll like cross my legs in a certain way, like to fit in. So like I can enjoy these people and their recovery and like this vibe. Cause I like, I don't know. And I think a part of me did like go, like I can push myself to, to mm-hmm. go here, you know, because they're, because I also really loved the format. I don't know. There were just things that I really liked about this meeting and what I felt really fucking uncomfortable because I felt like everybody was like, what is this fucking dude doing in our fucking women's meeting? Like, dude, get out of here. Like, you know, but nobody was like that. And everybody was sweet to me, you know? And now I don't go to women's meetings because like, it doesn't make sense for me to go to women's meetings. Um, and I had to like understand that for myself, which is like a whole different thing about my identity and everything. But also like I've been asked to lead meetings. <laughs> Sorry, this sounded this started this was sounding like it was really egotistical, but it's not intended to be that way. But I've been asked to lead meetings all over LA. <laughs> all, over. all over the world. All over the world. <laughs> All over LA, but really all over LA. So like send requests via management. <laughs> I managed through no, I'm just kidding. Um Beverly Hills. Um <laughs> the va- all areas of the valley. All areas of the valley. All areas of the east side. Okay. Like out in like Arcadia. Like 
um, Granada Hills, like fucking the West Side, like down by down in Santa Monica, like da da da, um, like West Adams, like down off Cochrane, like all kinds of areas of Los Angeles. I have been asked to lead meetings, and it's incredible to go to a meeting. And I used to, I, I early in my recovery would have anxiety around if am I going to be accepted in this meeting. I know this person that's asking me thinks I have great recovery wants to, is asking me because of my recovery. They're not asking me for any other reason. So like, okay, I just get to go show up and be of service. And so in, I really believe for me, that was my higher power being like, go, you get to explore meetings and you're safe. Like you're okay. Like go do it. Like that's how I took that, you know? So I would go. And I mean, I have sat in a room with like, white old ladies in the valley you know and just been like my partner and I she blah 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 you know and I've got on like my chest is like bound flat and like I've got on button-up shirt and I'm like got my little fucking side cap and like I'm me and 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 they and I share and they're like, Claire, thank you so much for that recovery. This is how I, it related to me in my life. And I think that's the incredible thing about program is that um, it really is a thing that when you're affected by the family disease of alcoholism, we understand like few others can. That's just true. And like across the board and like Ashanti, you said it too, like you can go into a meeting and be like, oh, the recovery is still here. And I think we do get to a place like that if we're willing and able. And I do think it's so important early to just find the meetings that are the most safe feeling because we have so much trauma and damage that needs to be healed in order for us. I mean, for me anyway, I had so much trauma and damage that needed healing. I needed to be in a gay room with gay people that I just like could be like, no, those aren't my pronouns or whatever. And Mm -hmm. like, nobody was asking me why I was wearing what I was wearing at the fucking snack table. Like Mm -hmm. I was just like, didn't have to explain myself, you know? And if somebody asked me why I'm wearing something or, or, oh, it asked me an interesting personal question about myself after a meeting now, that's okay. I have the recovery to be like, maybe the God wants me to help this person understand something more, you know, like, yeah, I, that was really long, but like, so good. um, <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny when people, when I get asked to share, especially I find this over Zoom a lot. The first thing I think mm. when I go into a new meeting and like, like only knowing the person who invited you to share. And before I yes. turn the camera on, I go, I hope he told these people I was black. Shit. <laughs> I don't want to see everybody's faces when I push a camera, you know what I mean? To like reveal myself. And here yes. I am. It's like a reveal. I'm like, ah, oh, the yes. I know they have to understand. <laughs> but it's interesting. It is that thing that, you know, like trying to just, and also the other thing is like part of my disease is, um, and we hear this in the room a lot, that uh, not wanting to be a part of or wanting to be, mm. you know what I mean? I'm so unique in being outside of, and that, and only knowing for myself, like only knowing how to operate from that space, being a part of, being a part. What I'm not saying this right. What am I saying? Being um, being separate. Being separate. Exactly. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, 
And so that's interesting too, to really be able to be like, okay, which, which, what's, what's, what's happening here, you know? And, 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 and like you saying, like, you know, coming back after having a little bit of recovery and feeling really okay to sort of be in your own skin um, is, there's nothing like it. And once you feel that you can't go back, you can't go back. I don't give a fuck who's in the room. Or who if it's Meryl Streep and like I don't care. See, like, yes, what? yes, yeah, yes. Straight up, I'm like I give a sh- I don't fucking care. Join up is- with my big earrings if I have them. Um, whatever my braids, <laughs> however I want. Yes, I'm right. Yeah. Yes, I'm like yes. Sometimes I'm like oh yeah, this is I've I have fucking overalls on covered in paint because I just came from <laughs> running a job site. That's correct. That's that is correct. Exactly. I don't. I won't hug you because I'm filthy. I'm very sorry. I don't smell bad because I put sprayed myself, but I am dirty and I'm sorry about that. And also I needed a fucking meeting. So I am here and I have shit to say. So thank you for listening. You know, like, like, I dusted my feet before I came in, so I won't leave a trail. It's fine. Right. <laughs> Can I ask, like, we're all members of marginalized communities, some more than others, potentially. Like, when those are safe spaces and they are open, I guess if they're open, um, is it, because I would think, I think, Ashanti, you and I talked about this one point, like, we need to go to more meetings, like, years ago. And you're like, go with me. Like, well, let's go down to a meeting of people of color. I need to go to more, too, right? And Mm. is it, is it, is it purposeful and important for people that are not of that community to come and participate and show up and learn and grow? Or is it actually inappropriate? Like not inappropriate, but like if sometimes I always feel like it's an invasive, somewhat invasive, or especially going to class, more class than anything, like going to communities that are of a lower income and feeling like my problems are different or, you, you know, mm. that I don't belong there. Mm. Like it's not as severe. Like I don't have money troubles the way they have money troubles. I don't have family troubles. Like, I'm, you get what I'm getting at, but like, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Man, that is such, <clears throat> that is such a tricky question. You know, um, my experience was when I started that meeting, I started that meeting and we had to, like I told you, they gave, they gave us a lot of sort of rules for, in order for me to have that meeting. And one of the meeting, and I think it's still the same. If you look it up online, it says something about, I had to put in the language when you look it up online that, all people are, it doesn't matter what color you are, you can come to this meeting. Mm-hmm. And that was like, you have to put this in in order to get this meeting official. Um, and my experience with that was when I first started the meeting, I was like, oh, nobody's probably going to come anyway. Like, no, it's only people of color that are going to come, right? And so I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, and, and, white people started showing up a lots of white women, lots of white women, like to the point where, like where uh, I had been gone for the meeting for like two years, a year and a half. And they was like Ashanti. um, They wanted me to come back to the business meeting. The secretary of the meeting was a white woman. And like, there were only the secretary of color meeting was, can we let that sink for a minute? Um, right. Like, and like, there was like only one or two, um, women of color that was still in that meeting. Anyway, all to say is that 
my experience was Wait, that can people not read. I'm sorry. I'm just like, don't. I'm sorry. I don't. Please continue. Right, right. I'm so sorry. My, <laughs> my experience of that because at first, I, you know, I was maybe I was a little naive. I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. No one's going to show up. But my experience in observing the group when a white person or would come to that meeting, the women, the women of color, wouldn't share openly. Mm. And so there, so there's the rub, right? Like how do they, I guess, essentially we, we created this space so they could feel safe, right? I mean, if, if you could do that in a way that they still felt safe enough to share, then I'm totally, I, I don't, I really don't have an opinion about it. But what I find is that mm-hmm. in theory, it sounds okay, right? But in actual practice, I'm finding what I found was a lot of the, um, women didn't feel safe sharing once that group was was essentially taken over. It was essentially taken over by um, white women. This might be controversial. I'm so, topic. No, it's a great yeah, no, that, fucking that's topic. That's clearly what I'm talking about. It's a great yeah, fucking great topic. topic. <laughs> that pisses me off. I'm sure that you have. Well, and I think like I'm wondering just for a second, like I'm wondering mm-hmm. if those women were like, oh, I'm going to go learn more about other people's experiences by showing up to that meeting. And then it inherently changes the room yeah. by their presence. I think, uh, you know, I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I think, well, there was two things that I found. I think. This is really going to get controversial. You're so kind. You're so kind. You're so kind. I think what I I think early on, like I would announce the meeting at some of the big. Do you? I don't know if you guys. I don't know if Corey, you were around when I when I was like announcing that meeting at the big meetings. Anyway, but um, I found that people were white women in particular were offended by Mm -hmm. that. And I think that saying the meeting was this thing meant before they sort of like looked online and, and saw that, you know, anybody, I would, I, I would also say, but everybody's invited, da, 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 um, in my, in my sort of speech when I would say it. But I think that calling the meeting that meant to white women I make up that they were being told no, right? That they couldn't, they weren't allowed. And so in, in that, they would show up, I think, in response to being like, well, no one's going to say no. Like, I'll, I'll, mm. well, it was sort of defiant, I think, on makeup. Mm. So it was, it was not, not so, about trying to learn. Right, exactly. I think it was both, because I definitely had yeah. some women there were that, that were sort of like, I want to learn, I want to help, I don't want to da 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 da. And then I think it was just like, you, I'm going to show up. I'm, you know, I belong. That's sort of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a tricky thing. You know, it's such, it's yeah. such a tricky thing. It's so interesting that you were allowed to make a women's only meeting, but not a black only. Exactly. Meeting. Yeah. Because you can go, we have men's only meetings, we have women's only meetings, but I don't know, can we have just, we can't have just queer meetings because you can't really like check. No, I had to do the same but thing. But they're always Shanti. inclusive. I had to do the yeah. same thing. We had to write language in the, for yeah. it to be an official meeting. There was like, yeah. everybody's welcome. It's an LGBT focus. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. yeah That's yeah, it. Yeah. LGBT focus. Right. You know, so it's like, okay, but you know, and it's also a little bit of a, a di- of course it's, di- there's similarities, but of course there's differences in like the difference between having a women of color meeting and, and the, I think what would be the benefits and the need, the literal need 
for women of color to have a meeting that is just for them. Right. Like truly, you know, I go to a trans meeting and again, can't, I don't go to it all the time. Um, Not that it would matter how fucking often I go to it, but I'm just saying like, I go to this meeting because, um, you know, because I can talk about top surgery in that meeting. Yeah. And yeah. it feels okay yeah. from an Al-Anon perspective. I'm not yeah. going there to just like gossip or going yeah. there to just, no, it's like, I need to talk about this thing through the Al-Anon lens. I need to be able to go and speak freely about I'm shopping for surgeons. And like, maybe there's also, this is about like meetings are about finding our community. Okay, so it's like, which is what we're getting back to again, right? Which is like, I love this episode so fucking much. Like, I didn't know how much I was going to love it. When the idea popped in, I was like, this is going to be good, I think. But like, that's the whole point. Like, I go to programs so I can live my life. End of story. I go to programs so I can recover and have a really big life. I don't go to programs so I can have more program, right? So it's like, when I find Mm. people that I can relate to and can also help me with the we of the program because it is a we program Mm -hmm. i'm not finding people that can talk to that can talk freely about their top surgery experience in an all men's meeting Mm -hmm. not gonna find Mm -hmm. it probably gonna find some adversity around that Mm -hmm. i am not interested in that Mm -hmm. and i also don't really want a bunch of straight men straight white whatever just like straight men Mm -hmm. cis men in my trans meeting because Mm -hmm. You don't, you're not going to get it, dude. And like, also, even if I was just talking about my relationship with my partner and like completely in an anonymous way where I'm not talking about gender or anything else, I just know that the people in this room understand what it is like to be in a, a relationship with someone where, mm-hmm. where I identify in the way that I do and mm-hmm. that it carries different problems and different circumstances and different experiences that do need a, you know, different uh, perspective on them. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just, yeah. And it's also like, I don't know, this is such a, it is such a controversial topic. And there are a lot of old timers that I experienced that are like, all the meetings are for everybody. All the Mm -hmm. meetings should be for everybody. You should be able to go. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, here's the thing. Things evolve. We have countless meetings for everyone. Mm -hmm. They exist. They exist. If we didn't, I totally understand the problem that would arise here, but mm-hmm. we do. And I, and we, these people, people that are going to the meetings that they've created specifically for them to have a specific type of support when they need it, aren't exclusively going. It's not like they're, they're exclusively going to that meeting and creating some sort of segregation within our Al-Anon community. That's not what's happening. We're creating specific meetings that allow us to heal parts of ourselves that, that we may be so afraid to open up to because mm-hmm. of the adversity that we've experienced. And yeah, so like I'm just saying, think about that, people. You yeah. know, just like I stopped well, going to women's meetings. I don't yeah. go to women's meetings because it's not appropriate for me to go to women's meetings because women might feel like they can't is- say something because they've had someone that looks like me or acts like me hurt them in a way and they can't say what they need to say. You know, like mm-hmm. th- we need space for that with our trauma, I yeah. think. It seems like the program structurally is it's stuck in a little bit of an old paradigm because it is very much still, it clearly delineates gender, 
right? Like there's a recommendation that the that the newcomer liaisons be mm-hmm. one man, one woman. It's still it still mm-hmm. even says in the literature we suggest you find a sponsor of the same yeah. gender. It does, yeah. Which obviously doesn't apply to gay people. So that's somewhere. I mean, this is like we could go into structural things about Al-Anon, but like it is sort of stuck in an older paradigm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can create a gender specific meeting, but not a race specific meeting or a sexual orientation specific meeting is interesting to me. Like it would be one thing if we didn't create gender specific meetings and the rule was all our welcome period, mm, right. which has its own problems, but at least would be consistent. Right. So yeah. it's fascinating yeah. that, that there are levels that are, are not crossed yet within the larger Al-Anon structure but the root of all of it is you get to make your own meetings right i mean that's the point and we get to decide how to govern them yeah so to me i mean official i guess but like to me you could decide how to govern that meeting we could have a meeting we could have a business meeting and it's proposed that we suggest that we create newcomer liaisons that make sure we have one person of color Mm. as opposed to male and female or what like we need three we need a person who is lgbt we need a person of color and we need one we need greater representation yeah you could totally right? do like, that well, mm-hmm. you, you could, could vote on it in your meeting yeah. you could vote on it i hadn't even thought about that as a no, that's a good idea actually it's well, funny cuz i'll be in the room defending the meeting I'm like well we voted to have two people of two different genders so and i'll bring it up I'm like point of order yeah cuz it's cuz it's in the meeting right like i defend the meeting like if the meeting right. has the structure then let's right. vote on a different structure right but um yeah interesting cuz i think i'm somebody who would like to go to different meetings like that and have generally felt like no that's not some place for me not because i'm not welcome but to your point like maybe they don't want to see a white man mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm all these other things yeah. but maybe they don't and the thing is you know you always know when you go into the room and you're sitting there, you always know. You're like, hmm, I shouldn't. I, this probably is not my meeting. It's, you, yeah. you can't tell me you that little voice. It And it comes up rarely quick. I'm like, huh, I keep showing up here, but mm, no one's calling on me. No one's, you know what I'm saying? Right. I never got called on in that fucking women's meeting. Yeah. Not once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something's up here. And it's okay. And you don't have to bash that yes. meeting or make a, a, a business meeting about trying to include, do all, make all these things. Right. Like, no meeting, or that's why we have these meetings that are, that's why you go to six different meetings. Like, that's right. right. You don't have to like, dis, like dismantle their meeting, like find the meeting <laughs> for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually it's actually very alanonic to be like, no, I'm gonna completely control this meeting until oh it my meets my needs. Oh my god. Oh my god. Versus like, no, I'm gonna go find where I fit. And even more reason to sort of honor, you know, those meetings that are so specific. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I Truly. Yeah. The trans meeting has this thing that they voted into their um that they read, right? That's like we highly encourage you to save to it's like something like we highly encourage sharing to prioritize trans and non-binary folks Mm -hmm. once Mm -hmm. once all trans and non-binary folks have shared that want that wish to share then Mm -hmm. you know then feel free to raise your hand like essentially and it's like oh yeah yeah because also people margin marginalized groups also be just because of that I, I mean, I don't have the statistics, but 
I would guess, are less likely to raise their hand or feel comfortable to share anyway. So it's just like, that is why this space is being created. You know, it's just like all about that safety. So it's like, and then it's also like, well, I'm less likely to share because I feel like I might not get called on. Mm -hmm. And then because I don't share very often, people don't know who I am. So then when I do raise my hand to share, I also don't get called on. Mm -hmm. That's like, a, and then it's just like perpetuating that thing. It's like, that is something, I'm not saying that's what happens all the time, but that's something that can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I'm just thinking now answering my own question, like personal progress for the greatest number depends upon unity. So if I'm going to that meeting because I want to hear different experiences, but it affects the unity of that meeting, mm-hmm. then it's not for the greatest, it's not for the greatest mm-hmm. number. It's for me. Mm-hmm. It's not for that meeting. I'm not of service in that mm-hmm. meeting. I'm trying to get something for myself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I want more perspectives, but I can't do it at the expense of the unity. Right. right. I want good snacks and I want a cool lodge clubby house <laughs> area, you know? So like make my own goddamn dude meeting. Jesus. Right. Yeah, we're waiting a. for that meeting. I was- Ladies, I really like the place you got here. Do you mind if I show my <laughs> Ugh. Claire, do you slap the you old version of myself about this? Yeah, I do. I feel like you might have a reading. About <laughs> I this. do. It's read. We have now come to the time where come we to read. The time where, where I read something for where everyone. The great orator, Clarifus P. Bear, begins. That's your secret private name for me, Corey. Well, but it's technically anonymous, so I feel like it's applied. All right, I guess that's true. Um. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to read. Technically, there's it's kind of a larger reading, but I might just stop when it feels right. Let's break it down. I'm going to break it, break it down, break it down now. Um, this is from, get ready for it, Survival to Recovery, Growing Up in an Alcoholic Home. One of my favorite Al-Anon books. It really is. <laughs> um, this is chapter one. And literally... There is no page number, but the page after it is 76, so I'm going to say this is 75. Uh, Chapter 1, So We're Not Perfect After All. A longtime Al-Anon member recalled that one of his most valuable insights was the realization that hurt people hurt people. This statement helps explain how people who love each other can nevertheless unwittingly continue to destructive, continue the construction destructive cycle of negative attitudes and abusive behavior, even when they fervently desire to act differently. People who have been hurt or who are hurting try to get rid of the pain. In doing so, they frequently repeat what was done to them or fiercely try to do just the opposite. In the process, they hurt others without recovery, blame, guilt, anger, depression, and many other negative attitudes can go on for generations in a family affected by alcoholism. Individuals who do not obtain help for themselves will continue to suffer from their emotional wounds. Most likely, they will hurt others simply because they don't know another way. As we become aware of these dangers, however, we can learn to protect and take care of ourselves. As we heal, we attempt to hurt to hurt others less. Already overburdened with taking too much responsibility from other people, we may resist the suggestion that we focus on ourselves. It might seem like we are only adding ourselves to the mountain of problems we're already carrying. Nevertheless, in Al-Anon, we have found that assuming responsibility for our own actions and our own happiness is the essential beginning of our recovery from the painful experience of growing up with alcoholism. 
Focusing on ourselves actually allows us to release other people to solve their own problems. It also frees us to find contentment and even happiness for ourselves. In Al-Anon, we learn to replace negative thinking behavior with positive alternatives. However, it can be very tricky to do so without blaming ourselves or others for the pain we've experienced. We do not deny that we are wounded. We acknowledge our hurts and their sources, but we don't stay stuck in our anger or blame. The journey to recover from the effects of alcoholism in the family may be longer and slower than we would wish, yet many Al-Anon members who have gone before us have found paths that worked for them and and can work for us. It is a nurturing, self-affirming, often rigorous journey we undertake together sharing honestly and lovingly as we can. In Al-Anon, we believe we are helped and guided in our own journey towards serenity by a power greater than ourselves. We do not define this power for each other, but we do share our insights. We also share our common human experience, strength, and hope as we learn different ways to relate. Some members find that the group works as a power greater than ourselves, while others believe develop a belief in a God of their own understanding. As we admit to our lives and our families, Sorry, as we admit that our lives and our families aren't perfect after all, we suspect that our perfect, I'm so sorry, we suspect that our present difficulties might stem from having grown up with problem drinkers. That sentence felt like a problem drinking. Um, We look at our own lives and decide this misery has got to stop. We may be eager to change everything and everyone around us, but how? If we knew how, wouldn't we have done it already? One of the results of growing up in a family dominated by alcoholism is that some of us have learned to believe we are helpless. We often feel a sense of futility even when we appear outwardly successful. Confused and suspicious, we're already tr- we've already tried every scheme and technique that we knew living for living happily, but we have had little success. Some of us has tried to hide the terrible haunting emotions we felt in our homes by studiously avoiding everything emotional. We've become quite intellectual and we can analyze everything and everybody. Still, our relationships don't work and prolonged analysis gets us nowhere. Alcoholism affects alcoholics as and all those close to them emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Healing all aspects of ourselves is necessary for recovery. Sometimes we feel sadly discouraged with our efforts to recover and are paralyzed by fear. Even beginning to try seems monumental. We want to do everything, including recovery, perfectly. But even talking, taking the first steps is difficult. Where should we begin? It is useful to remember that any kind of growth process from learning to walk to learning how to be fully functioning adults is progressive. It is rarely, if ever, done to perfection. Stumbling ahead, even one awkward step, is better than staying stuck. By taking small steps, we can lessen our fears. We learn that no situation is truly hopeless, and that we're not actually helpless, and that no pain is too great to be lessened. Because we have varied needs in Al-Anon, we are encouraged to take what we can use from each other's ideas and leave the rest behind. No two people will work the program in exactly the same way. Newcomers often ask, what should I do? How does Al-Anon work? Since the process is unique for each individual, most of us cannot answer the how question. We can only offer a description of what worked for us in a similar circumstance. Our insights have come largely through personal experience. We can only encourage newcomers to come to meetings and see for themselves. This can be very frustrating for a newcomer because the message requires trust, something members of alcoholics and families usually have very short supply of. 
Trust grows through the small acts of kindness that we find in abundance in Al-Anon when we allow ourselves the time to receive them. Coming to Al-Anon without expectation or commitment in the beginning allows trust to build slowly. Identification with other members starts to develop naturally. Still, it is natural for us to ask what we should do. Work steps, someone may say, or get a sponsor. Others may suggest we read specific Al-Anon pamphlets and books, volunteer to make coffee or put chairs away, or talk to other members. Any of these practical ways to get started. A variety of alternatives can feel uncomfortable for newcomers who have lived with chaos, confusion, with families that shifted directions in the middle of promised commitments. Many of our young lives were steeped in unpredictable unpredictability and uncertainty. We want the answer, one path to take now, but there's no single right path to recovery. No, is there an absolutely wrong way? Some people will want the scenic route while others will opt for a direct path. Feel free to tailor the path to your own needs and pace. Whether you are sure or not, if you've gotten this far, you know enough to begin. Easy does it, but do it. So, Corey, why do you think I picked this reading? Why did you pick it? Um, well, I heard a lot. I heard, you know, Easy Does It. I heard Choose Your Own Path. I heard Take What You Like and Leave the Rest. I don't know if that's the only, I'm sure that's not the only time that that's in there, but I, I, might, I might be wrong. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like as it relates to six different meetings, I mean, just take what you like and leave the rest. If you don't like the meeting, leave. And if you like the meeting, take it, you know, or take half of it come in for the lead and then leave before the shares because you don't like the audience, but you like the, the leaders that they pick. Skip the business meetings because you don't like the personalities in the room. Take what you like, man. Take what you like. What did you get a shot? Oh my gosh. So much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love take what you like and leave the rest. Just take, you don't have to, 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 to burn your thing to the ground. You know, you really don't. And that's usually how I, I, I leave places that I feel have wronged me in some way is to mm. the whole thing. And I think that, yeah, you can take what you like and leave the rest. And you can you can leave with grace um, and, 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 and take what you like. Yeah, I think that's what I heard. Find what works for you. Claire, why did you pick it, in your opinion? <laughs> yeah. You know, I really liked that it starts with the thing that we all come into the rooms about, which is just, which is the thing that we all have the experience of. Like we all come into the rooms for the, for the same reason. Our lives are unmanageable. You know, it's literally step one. I admitted it, you know, wow. Why can't I remember step one, Corey? Um, we admitted we were powerless, powerless. over alcoholism and our lives okay. become unmanageable. Thank you. Um, you know, so it's like, my life is unmanageable. I love working step one backwards. My life's unmanageable. So like I'm powerless over something. What am I trying to direct, manage, and control? We all come into the rooms because it's unmanageable. And it's usually related to some dysfunctional living situation that is a, it could be many, many things, right? doesn't have to be alcoholism. It's a lot of things that are dysfunctional that to the same level that really affects us in this way. And, um, you know, so that's what the readings starts is about. And then it does, it talks it, many, many times throughout, it talks about how we get to have our individual program. We get to do what works for us. And also that no one way is the right way. Mm -hmm. And 
people may suggest all kinds of different things for us, you know, and like, it's, it's a newcomer reading, you know, it's like about being a newcomer and like, how do you start out in program? And I read that reading and know, gosh, I can relate to that meeting today. I'm like, how do I show up and, you know, and then how do I show up in my life? How do I take that out when I'm starting a new job or um, I'm starting a new romantic, you know, pursuit or I'm like, want to try rugby, you know, it's like, do these people that I'm going to see and hang out with, do they work for me? Now that I know, like, it doesn't have to be one way, you know, I can really look at a situation in a group and show up for myself and like enjoy life and instead of um and being afraid which is like what I grew up in was being afraid because of all that uncertainty that's why I picked it well and as it ends it it ends you know do it whatever basically that you do it however you want to just do it that's right yeah show up yeah just do it doesn't really matter what you how you do it just yeah. do it Oh, I love that. What a wonderful place to to take us out. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. What a blessing. Such a rich conversation. Yeah, thank, a you. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> end with uh our all together. We're gonna take what uh, we're gonna do uh our clo- our closing. Our closing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I wanted to keep saying take what you like and leave the rest. I'm obsessed with that phrase again today. That's but good. We're gonna close. All right, everybody. All right. Thanks, everyone. And keep, keep coming, coming back. back. <laughs> it works it if works. you work it. If you're worth it. <laughs> and you're worth it. And you're it. worth it. Yes. Thanks, Ashanti. Yes, bye, guys. This podcast is produced by Claire and Corey. Original music by Austin Bunn. Original Crosstalk logo by Jonathan Grant. Special thanks to our awesome editor, Joe. And thanks to all of our listeners. Keep coming back. Keep coming back.